Hi Rona, um, well, welcome to the Scottish Rugby World Podcast, uh, I'm your host tonight John Anderson filling in for Cami. Uh, we've got a fairly action-packed um, programme tonight, lots of news, lots of things to cover and also there might be the small matter some European games that we might, might want to talk about, don't know Craig, what do you think? Oh I think we'll talk about it. Sure, okay, <laughs> I, I, if you insist. Um, <laughs> Don't say I'm not good to you. Um, yeah, so obviously uh, I'm John Anderson. Joining us tonight, we've got Craig. Hello. And we've got Johnny McGinty. Evening. And we've got the shadow of Ian Hay plus an echo. Hello, yes. Um, the settings on my streaming art had gone to the, the laptop microphone. It should be fine now. should just be the headset. Hello. We can, we can hear you loud, loud and proud now, Ian. Thank you. Excellent. Fantastic. Excellent. So you can hear Sky Atlantic. Good. We cannot. No. What? What's, what's <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Off. Uh, no, it's just we had Game of Thrones on. Well, nice. we finishing really much and Bob's we were preparing just... preparing for the podcast with some nice uh, gratuitous violence. Yes, dragons, uh, or as uh, Ian McShane called it, I don't know if I can say the first one because it's rude. No, don't uh, say it. Yet. Ru- no, nine, nine ru- o'clock, man. Nine o'clock. Ru- ruder would word for boobies and dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we'll get we'll get all the sales pitch out the road just now. Uh, you'll see the banner at the bottom if you're watching this uh, live. If you're on audio, you will not. Uh, head over to scottishrugbyblog.com to see all the content over there. If you fancy supporting the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash scottishrugbypodcast. You can, ex- you can subscribe there, get exclusive content, including our... Uh, weekly rant uh, where we go hands to the ruck um, and we have a wee sweary swear and we put the world to rights. Um, usually that's about an hour's worth of ranting, so generally worth uh, worth popping along. It's £3 a month if you want to uh, get yourself into the Richie Vernon Thunderdome or if you so desire and you want to really support us and, and, and support the big man Doogie Donnelly himself, 
five pounds a month gets you into the Dougie Donnelly members lounge. You don't actually support Dougie Donnelly to be very clear. He's fine. He's got his golf gigs. Um, but you, you five pounds a month, you'll get your name read out on the podcast. Um, I'll be honest. I forgot to check if there has been any five pound a month donations. So if there has, we're going to do a bumper Christmas special next uh, week, and maybe we'll just put out a shout out to everyone uh, that that's that's a. Dougie Donnelly members lounge uh, at that point. But uh, the other thing I need to, um, Cammy, reliably and far as I need to again prompt, uh, we are, for the Six Nations this year, you are, you've got the option of coming along to Three Brick Events. We're partnered up with them to do some Six Nations watch parties. Um, these are going to be quite interesting uh, events. Uh, we are through the Biscuit Factory in uh, Edinburgh. We're going to have a, basically a live podcast. So everything you see tonight, live. I'm sure, I'm sure, given the crowd that will be in and the beer will be flowing, I'm sure it will be a wee bit live and uncut. Um, maybe, a, maybe a bit rude at times as well. But yeah, we're covering the main Six Nations games. The only one we're not doing is the Italy game for... You know, it seems like a wee bit disrespectful to Italy, but that's fine. The four, the four, uh, four afternoons should be good. Remember what happened the last time you mentioned the word uncut, John? <laughs> yes, I do remember. You know, I'm, I'm testing yeah. the water here. Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping you don't, uh, don't repeat your actions that that night. Uh, which, yes, we'll, we'll not talk. Maybe mention that in the the fateful, fateful night. That was a good night. It was a good night. So I think that is the sales pitch stuff out the way. Uh, I'll take that banner down. And I'll pop that one up because I fancy changing the banners up tonight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting swift at this now. So, uh, welcome, Andy. Andy always puts a wee message up just as we're <clears throat> mid credits. Uh, evening, Andy. I hope you're well and welcome along to the show uh, as as per usual. So, let's let's do some news first. Um, there there has been a bit of news has has cropped on. Um, <laughs> okay, let's not do some news yet. Let's let's do our premium. <laughs> Drinks review. <laughs> so, those of you that follow the, the Scottish Rugby podcast on Twitter will have seen, um, I believe it was a picture from the Edinburgh team, Craig, is this right? Yeah, after, it was, absolutely. After the game uh, at the weekend, and they were celebrating the result with either Tenant Slagger or what can, or Strongbow Dark Fruits. And Cammy may have suggested that this was a bit rubbish, that this was the case. And this has led to Twitter exploding on a scale un- unheard of. Would that be an accurate statement, guys? I think you're pretty accurate with that one. Yeah. The most the most upset people have been since we said that Blair Kinghorn was all right. Yeah. Ex- yeah. So this is so it's Blair Kinghorn being all right, and then it's dark, dark fruit skate, right? So what we've decided to do, just as a, a starter for 10 tonight, we've decided to do a, a sort of live review of our uh, premium products. So I, I have the, the dark fruits here. I see Ian and Johnny both have dark fruits here as well. Uh, guys, have you partaken in Stronghold dark fruit cider before? I'm an adult, yes. so no. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable, but okay. I accept what you're saying. Ian? Um, I have. Um, yeah. I can't remember why, but okay. So, so, so you're a vet. You're a vet. Yeah, <laughs> you're a veteran of dark fruits. And Craig, I see you're mm. just sticking to a, a, a grown man's drink. Uh, are you not joining us in the the, the dark footage tonight? No, I've got Corona. 
<laughs> Very clear to the audio listeners, Craig is holding up a bottle of Mexican lager beer. Yes, absolutely. Other beers are available. Um, it's I think, not, uh, not a positive LTF test. No, no, absolutely not. Um, I had one of them this morning and it wasn't positive. It was uh, it was negative, which is lucky. No, um, it's, I think uh, obviously Edinburgh um, decided to take some of the uh, cases of um, freebies that they get um, on this, that was probably lying about the, um, the changing rooms from the Scotland games. Um, I thought they'd take them with them, so that seems to be the way it was. Because I don't think they would get dark fruits or tenants lager down in the in the posh part of London. So it's like fizzy blackcurrant juice. It does. It exactly like see if you made a really weak ribena and added yeah. a really crap fizzy wine to it. That's what it would taste like. It, it's like buying <laughs> own brand Vimto from B and M. It's a Robinson's apple and blackcurrant spritzer. That's what it is. I mean, right. So, being honest, right, as a youngling, I, I, I was, I was a fan of adding blackcurrant to um, cheap premium cider. Uh, cheap premium cider, cheap cider. Um, <laughs> that's what it done to my brain. That, that explains a lot. Yeah, it's all coming out now. Um, so, I mean, this is like a little bit of nostalgia for me. Yeah, it's like super sweet diesel. Like obviously at, at the Aylstorm gig, you know, at the Barrowlands, you could get a, a delicious pint of diesel. I wonder who's. Like, I wondered who'd been signing stuff out my car. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, Seen right? The price so, of diesel these days. <laughs> so if we if we go, come to you first, Johnny. So we'll we'll, we'll come on to the tenants lager in a bit. Obviously, as we progress through the podcast, but Strongbow Dark Fruits. Where, where are we standing on this? On a, a scale of one one to Finn Russell, where do we stand? It's got its ups and downs. I think I've drank about half the can in the taste test and not really noticed. So that's yeah, because <laughs> it does just kind of taste like fizzy blackcurrant juice. So I can see it being quite dangerous, actually. And it is Ian, alcoholic. So it is, yeah. I mean, it, there's a significant alcohol content in there. Oh, so not only four percent or something. Only four percent. Ah, okay, right. Not not significant. All right, Captain Pugwash. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it's got a nasty aftertaste. Though I think if I was drinking it, it all night, I'd start to I'd start to not enjoy it fairly quickly. Slightly metallic aftertaste. Mm. Pro- Maybe it's decanted from its can. Maybe, maybe draft does, better. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you decant it from the can and put a wee bit of ice in it and put a wee straw in it, maybe that's what you can try for the patrons. Well, if you have a wee, if you have a wee trip down to the Howard Fife, you'll get it on draft. Yes, we oh, have a draft. That's true. You know yeah. Uh, do, do you want me? I, I can go and test this theory. Out. I can. Even, I'm going to even go and put a slice of lemon in it. That's what I'm going to go for do. it. I'll, you you I'll do that. I'll back. come back to you. I'll be come back to you later in the pod right. for your uh, rating. Uh, uh, I'll you, just you turn the camera off and back two minutes. That's fine. You go and do that. It's quite gassy though. To be very clear. I was just about to say, I see myself using the mute button a lot tonight. <laughs> exactly right, yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it certainly sits with you. So, a little bit of fun. We we are, we'll, we'll come on to the other sponsor's product. I've got a few tinnies here as well, just to, to get on to that later. But, um, let's move on. to So, Ian's away to uh, make a cocktail out of his dark fruits. Uh, I'll come to you first, Craig. So, obviously, let's talk Edinburgh. Um... We'll, we'll come on to the news later on. We'll, we'll, we've had a laugh about it. Let's talk Edinburgh. Let's get this out of the way. Um, <laughs> well, you've got to start with the good stuff first, don't you? 
Ah, uh, so apparently that's what the media folks say. Yeah. So, um, European Challenge Cup uh, victory over Saracens, um, squeezed at home at the end, but fairly, fairly impressive. Like, I'm, I'm obviously just being a wee bit of a, a penis there, really, but an amazing <laughs> no. result actually. <laughs> like, very impressive. I was, I was eating pizza when you guys were all texting, and I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. So. It's, it's it's one of those situations that it's difficult because um, uh, thank you very much to BT Sport and the, and the European um, uh, EPCR that uh, we couldn't actually watch it live um, unless we paid uh, about forty. I think it was a fiver. I think for the for the four, game four ninety nine four ninety nine and if and everyone's probably howling at me at the moment saying if you're a real fan you would have paid it but um, <laughs> but uh, at that time I I, uh, I didn't uh, I didn't do it unfortunately so I've, I've had to deal with the, the crappy highlights but um, did, did the cult, I, cult not get like a a, a group discount. Uh, we get it. It's like a, it's like a, a sky package, but you don't have the paint in the corner. It's just my ah. face in shadow. Um, but the commentary, uh, the commentary sounds like it's from India. Absolutely. Hey, listen. No comment. I heard the, com- heard the commentary was pretty bad. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, it's one of those situations. Let's let's get past that bit and actually say that this is a quite a significant win. Um, uh, we we look at our. We've we've kind of tried. We've been talking that Edinburgh are moving away from the Richard Cockrell era, um, but we have retained certain things. And and people have you know a lot of people have tried to find excuses for Saracens, and they can't find the excuses because they were playing some of their significantly um, heavy hitting players. Um, uh, first of all, WP Nell had a, the the Alliance prop who was supposed to be on the Lions tour. Um, uh, this time, but got left behind, um, and uh, he had him on toast. And then, whenever, when it, whenever he had enough and got tired and went off, the other, the other tight head, uh, the other loose head prop came on, and then got uh, yellow carded um, uh, for for dropping a scrum and for 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 constant infringements. I think Edinburgh have really kept a set piece dominance, um, and then having um, uh, Savala at ten um, has really. Uh, has really opened my eyes a little bit to to, to the what they call my youngster, but he's you know um, he's really shown a little bit of maturity there. And then Buffelli, who basically is going to get the keys of the city, I think, um, <laughs> because you know a sign in East, both him and uh, Matoya, Mayano, Mayano, sorry. Um, you know they've been signings of uh, really really good signings for the for us. Um, uh, over the over this, the the the, um, the break, so no, I'd, uh, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, a the win and b the bragging rights, and with the latest news that have just that's just happened, um, uh, it looks like we've got a good chance of getting out of our group because uh, Saracens have, had, have have just had the the next game um, handed to the other team um, because they, they they can't play because of COVID. So um, yeah, it's an interesting one. So that that is a very interesting point as well, and it, the 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 COVID situation obviously is looming large over quite a lot of rugby now. Um, Saracens, as, as Craig rightly points out, Saracens have forfeited their match at the weekend against Montpellier um, for for having they had a number of uh, had a COVID outbreak on Monday, 
Um, I, th- so I think it's I... Poe, is it not? Because it's sh- oh, sorry, Poe. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's one yeah, they should have walked. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why Mon- Why are Montpellier in my head? <laughs> what a strange place to be. Uh, I'd so, fancy Montpellier yeah. to beat them as well, but I don't know if I oh, fancy Poe's uh, chances. Yeah, Poe. Sorry, apologies. It is Poe. Um, but yeah, so Saracens have had to forfeit that. Now, the cynic in me, Saracens are not adverse to, let's say, trifling with the rules. What, cheating? Ah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the cynic in me suggests that Saracens are back in the Premiership. Um, they have quite a lot of fixtures coming up. And would it be convenient after a loss in the second tier European trophy would it be convenient for them to maybe just have some covid and be able to forfeit that match and not need to expose their players to another game of rugby especially when quite a lot of their players will be with england for the six nations maximizing the rest time seems very pragmatic and it does seem quite um the timing seems very specific um being that it was monday are you can? Uh, am I am I just being a grumpy old man, Johnny, or is that where where do you see that? Teams are definitely viewing the COVID situation differently. Like Scarlets wouldn't have forfeited this week if their game had been in Llanelli instead of in Bristol, and I think Cardiff probably would have forfeited if their game had been in Toulouse and not in Cardiff. So, I think we are kind of reaching a point where you have to. And it sounds really horrible, but you do have to kind of consider the motivation of people when it comes to why they either play or forfeit their games. And I don't know if maybe the teams themselves are the best people necessarily to be deciding that. Especially, I suppose, when you look at what's happened with the guys in South Africa who all in all good faith went out to play play some rugby and the situation changed very rapidly on them. And I think as are they all back yet, or is there still people stuck in South Africa? Like it was, it was. I quite... think the last couple came back this week. Hmm. I think because I think some of Cardiffs were were coming back over the weekend, weren't they? Like while the game was on. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's not not an easy situation. And I'll come to you next, Ian. It's a shame, isn't it, that that sort of shadow of that you know the the positive tests at Saracens and. Um, the kind of spectre of coronavirus looms over what, like as we've said, is a monumental victory for a Scottish Scottish rugby side. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you know, as Craig pointed out, it was a pretty hard hitting team. So, you know, what happens after the fact should should not be um, entered into it. Uh, I mean, as for suggesting. You know they've they've timed it. I don't. I, I can't see that. You know it's just numbers are rising rapidly. Um, and maybe I mean, would would they really sort of forfeit a game just on the off chance that um, you know it's, if it's if it ends up hampering their uh, chance at progressing, would they really do that? I don't think so. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think we can. We can use this to take anything. Stop trying to take stuff away from Edinburgh, John. Jesus. I was going to say, we, we haven't really heard uh, both uh, John and Johnny's and Ian's 
um, appreciation of Edinburgh's win at the weekend. Uh, I think so... you'll find that I said it was an excellent win and I was very impressed. <laughs> I think that was my opening salvo on this. Was it not good, sir? I told you at the time how very excited I was to see WPNL play 70 minutes and score a try as well. And I'm fairly w- sure we all... Seriously, we all... WPNL is just like uh, the, the, the levels of prop love um, are, are are going sky high. He's almost fighting me. He's the original um, uh, love interest in the uh, in, in in my in my life. But uh, Pierre <laughs> Pierre Schumann has kind of come in and shoved him out the way. But he's coming back there because he's a tighthead, and that's the proper prop. Your number three, you're, you're only a prop if you've got a number three on your back. The OP. I, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think we all said on the group chat as well how impressed we were. Uh, that Edinburgh managed to play a, an actual 10 and win a match. So I'm fairly well, sure that came out as well. Fact, yeah, Did I just say nice, I did not say that? Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. Well, I would say, I, I have to say this though, you know, I'm I'm get, I'm really impressed with the, the backbone that Edinburgh are showing now, um, the ability to close games out, because that's the sort of game we would be winning at half time and then we'd lose at the end. Um, and and we, we, we have been, we've been doing this this season and I think, and, and and we can talk about the F one further down the line, or you know, in the in the uh, in the hands and the ruck side of things. But I was listening to a thing today, and they were saying that Max Verstappen is is world champion because he believes he's better than everybody else. And I think Edinburgh have have never had that. They've never had the belief. They've always talked a good game, but they've never actually believed that they can beat anyone on a good day. Um, and, and they actually can, and they're starting to believe it, and the fans are starting to believe it, which is, uh, it's the hope that kills you, you know? We've seen it that should. with the national team as well. Like, yeah, as as the pro teams go, so goes Scotland. And we are in a position now, the last six months or so, where we're winning games that previously we would have lost. And I think that does stem from the fact that Glasgow and Edinburgh have started to manage to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. The con- the confidence breeds confidence, doesn't it? And it's it's it is interesting that you know. Um, I think there was a massive shift in Scottish rugby when Glasgow won the the Pro Twelve. I think seeing Edinburgh get to finals and get to European, you know, the latter stages of Europe, uh, was was good as well. And then, as you say, you know, both pro clubs have really both pro clubs, Edinburgh in particular this season have kicked on and really do look confident and that will only be of, of benefit to the national side Speaking of confidence, Ian Hay, I will come to you for the final final point on Edinburgh, can we discuss Magnus Bradbury please Okay he, so I didn't uh, see the game on Saturday because I was. That's, at, that's okay. I, was Marv, um, so. I, I think I think it's safe to say that Magnus Bradbury is getting all the love uh, from certain parts of the Edinburgh support. He has had a very good start to the season. Is is he due another shot with Scotland? Um, well, he's he's always in the the, the broader picture. Um, it's just about he needs to get himself front and centre. Uh, by taking that shot off of Fagerson. I thought Fagerson played pretty well on Saturday. Um, and Fagerson was losing was it, outstanding. But, um, <coughs> but, yeah, you know, far, but yeah, he was good. Um, <laughs> no, Bradbury, he's going to have to wait for Fagerson to play badly or if he really shows up well in training, then he'll get his chance. It's all about taking his chances, but um, from what I've seen of him this year and from uh, what I hear from the, the other rumblings... Um, Apparently he's playing very well. So 
Uh, yeah, good because you know number eight's a, a, a stereotypically sort of problem position for Scotland. So if everyone's playing well, you know, uh, for that area, that's nice. Um, Hypothetically, would it be peak Magnus Bradbury, given that he got the Edinburgh captaincy and then fell on his face? Would it be peak Magnus to finally make all the form that gets him that Scotland 8 shirt and Jack Dempsey takes it off him? <laughs> I was going to say that he'd get injured within about five minutes of the, the first Six Nations game. Um, I mean, that would be very that would be very Scotland full stop, wouldn't it? Mm. You know, you finally get what you need. And, but no, I, think, I, think, I, I think, you know, like Bradbury... Bradbury has been going very well, and actually, I've, I've watched, I watched back quite a lot of the, like the performances that people have been maybe waxing lyrical about on online, and he's he's doing he's doing well. He's carrying very very hard, and it's looking, you know, it looks on form, and that's that's what you need. And he's timing his form really well. If he can continue that through, through this last run of fixtures, it'll be very much in the reckoning for a Six Nations squad. So. Well played, him. Sorry, I'm going to have to dart fruits a sec. Two seconds. Well, I'll, that I'll stuff take, is uh, deadly, uh, man. That's, um, you know what you have. What you have to look at, and I, I, um, I appreciate um, the the love for Jack Dempsey at the moment that everybody seems to be dancing about and singing about. But um, it depends on how long that's going to that's going to last. And also, do we really want? Um, and a, someone who played for Australia who is no longer playing for them because somebody better has come along um, to come in and unseat. Not, I'm not just talking about Magnus Bradway, but but unseat Matt Fagerson, um, unseat all the other Scotland caps that are already playing very very well at the back row. Um, and I don't think it's something that uh, we we can take lightly. Um, I think Magnus is is there. He hasn't. He's been sent home early a couple of times from from. Uh, uh, from Tooney's sessions, so I can understand why um, he may not get the chance. Um, but he's, you know, as I've always said, if they're not going to get to, if they're not going to get a Scotland shirt on their back, I'll be quite happy that they're, that they're with Edinburgh and performing at Edinburgh. You know, right? We definitely take that just now. The the, the way the form is in, I was yeah. going to challenge you and say, how long does it last? Uh, that is, that's the story of Magnus Bradbury's career but you know um, so far but anyway um, he's in great form and we'll no doubt see him in the Scotland uh, squad for the Six Nations uh, coming up so congratulations Craig well done to Edinburgh we are all very impressed and we're very proud of you and our rivalry that is all a bit kid on uh, is, is, is put aside to well, I've, I've worked. With, I've worked very, very hard with the team, and uh, I appreciate your. I appreciate <laughs> your, uh, your well wishes. We put all of that aside to universally laugh at Maro Itoji. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, had it been a nice English club, like, <laughs> no, actually, no. It was a great result. He's done well. I was just so disappointed that that, that Farrell wasn't playing. It just would. I would have loved to have seen his wee sad face. Oh, and then hear him, hear him do a wee interview afterwards. Do they do interviews in the Challenge Cup? Is that a thing? Do they have I, on? I don't know. To be perfectly honest, from, from what I can tell, everybody that everybody that's around, that's out there doesn't seem to think it exists at the moment. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 we'll we'll be quite happily going under the radar and taking the silverware at the end of the end of this the uh, the season. 
Well, we 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 hold hold uh, hold our breath and 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 pray that that is the case, Craig. Of course, yeah, it'll be one more. It'll be one more cup that Glasgow haven't got. <laughs> now, knowing fine well, it's a shame that Cockrell's not still there because I would have put good money on you getting to the final and absolutely choking. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have joined you, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, 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 we'll laugh. We'll move over the M8 just now. We'll just get Europe out of the way. Um, so uh, the, the, the I'm not going to say the Big Boys Cup, the Champions Cup, um, Glasgow, La Rochelle. Um, a, 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 a close match, 2013 it finished. Um, Glasgow, Glasgow played well. Uh, Larochelle are not a they're not a, a bad side in the slightest. They've got some very very talented players. Will Skelton looked like he had eaten Will Will Skelton and then done some press ups with Will Skelton. He was a absolute menace. Um, but overall, I mean, I think everyone was after the after the Edinburgh Saracens game. I think everyone was kind of like Scottish rugby had had its high that weekend. Finn Russell had torn Northampton a new one. And we were all kind of thinking, could Glasgow just complete the perfect weekend? And no, they were close. But John, don't forget Johnny Gray got a hat trick. Johnny Gray did get a hat trick as well. Yeah. And he still doesn't um, know how it, how he managed to get it. I saw the interview afterwards and he kinda of, and he was asked he was asked specifically, Johnny, what you know, what did you do differently to get that hat trick? He kinda of looked and went, I don't know. It just came along. <laughs> Got the ball put in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like the scene in the Water Boy when they're trying to work out what um, what actually drives Bobby Boucher, and yeah. it's like Johnny, Johnny, what we want you to do is tackle the ball, tackle the ball, tackle tackle and fuel, tackle and fuel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, Glasgow where I so I watched again. I've watched again back since and. Uh, the same old, like, Glasgow were very impressive, but the same old inaccuracies were creeping in. The same old, you know, making chances there where a confident side converts those chances. Uh, and I guess, like, Johnny, you, I'll come to you first. You you had commented in the group chat as well regarding the selection and perhaps the, the bench in particular. Um what 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 for you went what what went right at the weekend and you know aside from the inaccuracies is there anything Glasgow can do to really match up to a very good side like that? Well, to have the ball in our hands and be attacking their line, going for a draw after the the clock's gone red, is not a joke. Like that's a team that lost the final last year. This isn't like we have to keep in mind that this is one of the very best teams in Europe. And they played gash as well. <laughs> so that's enough of that language, Craig, and I'll put you in your box. Okay, well, <laughs> stop being nice about Edinburgh. Uh, giving away 15 penalties continues to be the problem. Yeah. That's and like we said this last week about Glasgow, we've said it till we're blue in the face about Glasgow. We are in a position now where we were within a score and within one attacking opportunity of drawing against or beating a team that was in the final of the Champions Cup last year. If we hadn't given away 15 penalties, we'd have been in a much better position. It was away from home as well. Exactly, yeah. It was down there. and I don't don't understand the 6-2. I know they're a big team, 
but we've how many times have we talked about how you don't fight fire with fire and you don't go to South Africa and try and outmuscle the Springboks? Larachelle are a big old team. Will Skelton is a massive unit. We might have done better to try and play around them rather than play with them. So I wasn't really sure how the six-two was beneficial. Is that so, Ian? I'll come at you. That that seems to be something that Scottish rugby we 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 have a habit of doing this where we almost think it's a good idea to like almost we we talk about it a lot. But let's play them at their own game, and it seems given that Scottish rugby has like a. a I think to most onlookers now, Scottish rugby has a brand of rugby that is, you know, Edinburgh are now now joining the party and playing that brand of rugby as well. And it's great to see fast attack and play, but also a pragmatism in defence just now. Um, there's a there's a Scottish rugby has a brand of rugby, and yet every time we come up against a bigger team, and I'm I'm exclusively talking about Glasgow here. I'm not saying that Edinburgh necessarily have done this yet. Scotland do it as well. We talk about playing them at their own game or or matching them at their own game, and it it just seems strategically a bit mad, really. Yeah, it's sort of like you know playing to your weaknesses or try to bolster your weaknesses rather than playing to your you know your your core strength. Um, I yeah, I just thought it was a bit strange that if you are only going to have one back on the bench other than a, a scrum half that you pick one who can only play at standoff really um and even then i think some of my former um sorry my uh, fellow panel members may even say he can't even play at standoff um Who's yeah that? <laughs> I just, well i think it's weird as if i mean if you are going to go for a six to split there's a lot of guys that only came on for like 10, 10 minutes, like just over 10 minutes. You know, use, if you're going to have that split, bring the power on earlier so that, you know, they've, they've got more time to sort of tire out the the, the French, the, the other pack. Um, I just, I didn't think, there was just a couple of silly mistakes. Uh, things like when Ross Thompson, just after, when Rory Dodge was in the bin, Ross Thompson not hoofing it downfield and instead getting caught. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, if he just smacks that into the stand, it means that they can't take a quick line out, runs that clock right down, means it does come back on instead, it's another three points down. Plus, you're going to get the ball back from the restart most likely, so, you know, just churn it over a couple of times, then boot it out, you get Darge back on the pitch. Am um, I remembering rightly that they scored 13 points while Darge was in the bin? Uh, 10. I think it was That's just 10. like... I mean that that that's the game there, isn't it? Really, it's again Johnny's yeah, for point a seven-point game. Yeah, Johnny's point regarding discipline. I mean, well, putting ten points on a team whilst a player's in the bin, you know that ten points will generally get you quite far to a victory if you're a good side. So, you know, you can't allow these good teams to get that far in front of you. And like, I think Glasgow, the positives for me, the 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 fight that they showed, particularly in defence, uh, was was really good. Um, unfortunately, I, as you say, dis- discipline just... Uh, I think the frustration comes from the discipline aspect has been a thing for years now. And I've, I've criticised Danny Wilson because actually I think that if you um, if you step in um, and you've got the right people involved, you could probably curb a lot of that. And 
I noticed certain penalties that we were giving away the previous weekend, the offsides and the you know the 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 extra roll and things like that. We didn't give us away as many of those, but it was penalties for other daft things, and it's it's getting quite frustrating. And you know, you just had to look like we give away a penalty on you know, just outside their twenty-two. And you almost knew you could you could track what was going to happen. You're thinking, right, they're going to kick, kick to touch. They're going to win the line out. They're going to maul. We're then going to come in the side. We're going to concede another penalty. They're then going to kick to the corner. We're going to concede another penalty from that line out, and then they're going to scrum us to death. And you know, it was it was just like you could watch the steps. It's it's really you can't, you can't just think, can't compete to that. I thought Carly was a wee bit blow happy. Oh yeah. Um, the the very first penalty against Ollie Kebble. I'm not sure what he's given that for. Um, John Barkley seemed to think it was for going off his feet, but he wasn't. Didn't quite go off his feet at all. It must have been. I was like, you couldn't see. A, didn't get a decent replay, but it was at the angle that he's come in there. It the was rock. for being then, some 41 tri- tribute band. That's, that's <laughs> I'd say that's worthy in in that case. The oh, thing yeah. is, though, you, you've got to look at what Glasgow are suffering from what Edinburgh suffered for the last couple of years. Um, uh, if you look at who was on the field and who was on the bench, you couldn't bring the people off the bench onto the field and say they're going to do the same job. Yeah. Um, you know, Turner, I'm, I've been Turner's biggest critic, but Turner was on fire. Um, on uh, on Saturday, he was everywhere, wanting the ball, looking to do something with the ball. Um, Stain was was, if he wasn't getting the ball, he was going to find it. Um, you know, Dempsey was going forward very very strong. Um, Matt Fagerson, if if he wasn't tackling someone, he was trying to rip the ball out of someone's hand. It was, you know, but who do you, if they go off? Same with uh, Ollie Cable. Ollie Cable was you know took an injury played on till the end of the half who replaces him? Will they bring on Jamie Batty? And and no disrespect to Jamie Batty because he's a Scotland internationalist but he's not he's not Ollie Kebble so I think he's, he's not a Scotland internationalist <clears throat> just now for that reason you know yeah. he, has, he has a step down that's the thing. He's a step down who from Ollie Kebble. Who isn't a Scottish internationalist at prop? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if, you, but if you look at if you, yeah, yeah. If you if you look at this, if you look at, you know, I think you're right. That's the one thing I was I was saying to myself when I was watching the game was the six-two split was wrong, absolutely wrong. Especially when you've got just George Horn and you've got got um, uh, Nenek, uh Bogruff Bo- sitting on the slam dunk the funk. Aye. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Dunkey Weir has been has done some f- fantastic things for Edinburgh and some fantastic things for Glasgow. Um, but you can't have him on your on the on the bench as your only real back replacement. You just can't. Um, so it, I think it was poor selection, to be perfectly honest. Yep. No, they they didn't do themselves any favours. But a losing bonus point. Um, I I think realistically, you know, Glasgow. I've never really seen. You know, European qualification is in this new format, this very strange. I don't really know what's going on format. Glasgow, I've always, they've always, it was always going to be an ask to get qualification anyway. Um, massive, massive game at the weekend coming up now um, against uh, Exeter. Um, Johnny Gray and Stuart Hogg coming back to back to Scotstoun. Um, 
we'll maybe just will we touch on the let, let's let's do a little bit of the touching. <laughs> Is that appropriate? No. Oh. Let's do... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be a very professional segue into the news there. Choo, choo, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm choosing my words carefully. <laughs> well, let, well um, let's, let's just before you go to the news, let's just let's just consider the whole fact that Edinburgh beat Saracens at the weekend, um, <laughs> and just just remind ourselves of that, and then you can crack on all you want. That's, okay, that's when, we, I, I, when we get dropped down a level into the cha- into the Challenge Cup, we'll get a chance to beat Saracens as well. So don't yeah, you worry. And, <laughs> and, and I, I just want to po- post this up, uh, Christian Cooper. I mean, I'm not sure who this is like targeted at. If it's me, bless you, you're hilarious. If it's Craig, the membership fee for the cult is about ten bucks. Um, <laughs> if it's either the other two of them, they're not going to notice. So you know, that's one of the that's one of the founding uh, the founding uh, points on the uh, on the manuscript is glory hunting. So Manus- I don't know what you're talking manuscript. about. <laughs> I love the, the idea of an Edinburgh rugby cult. It genuinely would be called a manuscript as well. It certainly would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, just to be clear, those are audio. I've popped up a comment from uh, Kristen uh, Cooper who says simply glory hunter exclamation mark. Uh, we're not sure who that's uh, targeted towards. Uh, I don't but... care if we're playing if we're playing Saracens in the in the in the Challenge I... Cup or in the European Cup. We're still playing a double a double or triple. European Cup champions, even though they were cheating, and they still have half the team that we're cheating with came and played Edinburgh, and we're away from home playing a cheating team, and we still beat them. So, Johnny, you can say as much as you want. I'm just <laughs> going to sit here and be as smug as I possibly can. Oh. <laughs> that was even more successful than I thought it was going to be. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> right. Moving swiftly on, I'll stop talking about touching on things. Uh, let's move on to, uh, as, as we said, the news. So Glasgow get Exeter at the weekend. Um, there was a press release from Big Al himself. Did every one of you read the press uh, release in his voice? It was, <laughs> it was absolutely in big, big Al's booming voice. Um, so Exeter have been basically... Even moved pulling... things off the mantelpiece in case it shook and fell over. <laughs> <laughs> the baritone just absolutely roars. Uh, yeah, so Exeter have been politely informed to take their headdresses and take their tomahawk chop and stick them right where they want to. Uh, partly the glory hunter was directed to me, bless you. I thought and, as much. That's uh, okay. okay. Yeah, I've got my racing top on. We're all good. Christian, um, you're welcome in the cult anytime, mate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Glasgow have come out and stated uh, that um, I've got I've got the statement here. Um, so, yeah, the Al Kelps come out and said. Uh, basically, after consultation with uh, supporters, representatives, and the Native American community, competition organisers, and Exeter chiefs themselves, uh, Glasgow is a welcoming club that celebrates inclusivity and diversity, and make a call for action that we want to live up to these values and stand up for the views of our supporters. Uh, so, yeah, they've encouraged, encouraged, told Exeter not to turn up the headdresses, not to do the tomahawk chop, which, interestingly enough, the Open letter that uh, Cami and yourself, Ian, I think you were involved in writing that. Uh, no, it was just, that was all Cami. Was it just just Cami? Sorry, Cami wrote the open letter. Um, it got a, a little name check from from Al as well. Uh, so good to see the work we've 
we've put in as a, as a collective. Obviously, we've talked about this issue a number of times in the podcast, and I'm sure on Hands of the Up, it might get a wee more sweary mention. But uh, yeah, so great, great outcome, Johnny. And um, we're, we're really, really pleased as Glasgow fans and probably as Scottish rugby fans to see us taking a stand there. Yeah, fantastic. Proud of the club, proud of the work that everyone's done. Exeter Chiefs for Change, obviously the main driving force. And, and we have to say that the other week when uh, when they kind of started to, to trail that they might be considering rebranding, I think almost every rugby podcast that's brought this up said how pleased we were that Exeter Chiefs for Change have managed to carry so much decorum through the whole thing when, when the likes of us have just basically been offensive about Exeter. <laughs> um, so they... Um, they deserve a lot of credit for that, and they've done they've done a really good job. It was nice to see Big Al kind of taking notice of of Cammy's letter, and I don't think anyone's got any doubt that the club have done the right thing. I think it's great to see, and really, really pleased with it. Well, you say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so we've got well, Alan McDonald, uh, regular listener, friend of the pods. It's brought out more gammon than a seventies buffet too, and you know yeah, we will. It's on a cocktail we'll, stick with pineapple and cheese. Uh, we will definitely come on to that in hands of the rock, Alan. If you're hanging about for that, um, yes, there has been. Ah, I I was surprised, Ian. I'll come to you with the reaction of some Glasgow fans to this. I know you're always going to have a minority in any support that just want to bleat about, you know the leftist wokies that are taking away my freedoms to, you know, enjoy a bit of casual racism. Um, but I don't know if it's just they've got a nice loud voice at this point, but the some of the forums have been quite... Um, there's been quite a lot of gammon um, get, getting its, getting its mm. out. Aye, and they all use the exact same phrases and they don't listen to a single word that you say uh, in response. Um you know, I mean, the most important part of Al Kellogg's statement is that, you know, they, they've come be in touch with uh, Native American communities. And for some reason, they don't, nobody seems to be listening to the fact that it's been a 50 year campaign. It's not just us and Exeter Chiefs for Change in the last couple of months or whatever that have said, you know, that you shouldn't use um, Native American sports brand. And it's been an ongoing fight for 50 odd years. Um, and because the people who are directly affected by it are saying, look, can you stop this, please? It's not on. That is the main thing that should be listened to. Um, and there's a sizable number of them now that have said it's not on. And that, you know, <laughs> therefore, it's not on. Um, so it's it's really disappointing that he, he keeps just seeing this, these same complaints. Um, and it's like banging your head off a brick wall. Um, I was a, I was a, amazed at some of the things, especially the the whole thing about um, oh um uh, the, the, you know should Glasgow now drop the Viking helmet with the horns on it because it's it's again it's like hang on a minute it's the Vikings haven't come from the 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 Anno Domini year to come and write us a letter and complain that they're upset by Glasgow wearing. Uh, you know Glasgow's com you know Glasgow symbol with a a, a a helmet with horns on it. They haven't written and said please don't use it. They've not had a campaign for years to say please don't do this. It's a joke. They they don't. But the problem you have is the gamins in their mind think they're right. 
and they won't listen to anything else. Ian, I was amazed at that. I, 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 I was totally agree with you. The, the lack of ability to see sense about what they're saying is just amazing. Um, did, did, did you bring up, was it was, sorry, I, I nipped off to deal with some childcare there. Um, was the, I assume you brought up examples of where Glasgow fans have been slightly, um, slightly out of line with this. Uh, did you happen to go on to, there's a, a Glasgow forum and there was one guy who listed what could only be described as a number of different things that were completely, so the, the, the Viking helmet got mentioned because that seems to be everybody's go-to just now. Yeah, um, it's just deal with helmet. right now. It's not a Viking helmet. The it's helmet not a Viking helmet. Horns. No. Clyde the Coup has horns that come out the top of his helmet, but the Warriors badge coup. hasn't got any horns on it. Exactly. Clyde's a coup, he's got horns. So his horns come out the top of his helmet. The badge hasn't got any horns on it. It's a total fabrication. The thing is, though, that, that Glasgow are celebrating our heritage. Mm-hmm. I'd see the yeah. point. You know, if, if this was, if, if this was a, a, a um, you know, if this was um, the the uh, I forget what to call them, but the the emerging community, um, they had their, their own team. They could they can have, you know, headdresses and everything if they want. That's up to them. But we're you know it's it's almost like saying that Edinburgh rugby can't have their players wearing red cords. It's like that's their heritage. <laughs> They can do that. They should it's definitely just, do that. So the, the, this guy um, went after the 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 um, the warrior and said that it's actually iconography similar to a white supremacist, which someone promptly put but puts out that uh, the picture is blue and black. I'm sure that doesn't go down well <laughs> with white supremacists. Um, he went after the Clyde Crane, uh, the the Titan. Um, saying that it's a symbol of the slave trade, despite the fact it was built 127 years after the slave trade. Um, so y- you get the idea. There's there's some people that Who are just... It was some absolute... Was it a Glasgow fan or was it an Exeter fan? Uh, in uh, we believe it was an infiltrator to the forum. There's occasionally forum members, a, a Glasgow forum... Occasionally, people come on and they they just they're on the wind up. But this this person was particularly verbose in his wind up, um, and spectacularly inaccurate as well. Uh, the slave trade was mentioned quite a lot actually in Glasgow's part in the slave trade, and uh, you know it's. I think we'll come up. We will talk about this more. And in, none of in, that uh, has got anything to do with the club's branding. Exactly. Right. You know, it's street like, names. It, maybe some of the street names should be changed. But that's right, a Glasgow I'm, issue. I'm, it's not a Glasgow Warriors issue. It's like Al Kellogg. Well, I don't know, Al Kellogg could just rip, you know, reach up and rip down the signs. Like, I'm not having that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Call it be, like to be- Beyond Avenue, that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In Russell Place. <laughs> yeah. Fuzzy Street. Fuzzy Street. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. The, the, I think I think the Weeds would have a few problems with that having how a five uh, uh, <laughs> how five team players uh, names would be next thing we have a Johnny Johnny McGinty's Avenue or Johnny, hey, you Johnny, said it not me Johnny McGinty's back close <laughs> <laughs> and there is the pod title right there <laughs> lovely yeah Surely so something about the potholes in that place by the way sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can I just remind everyone that we're not on the hands in the rock? Uh, yeah, I know. Sessions, yeah, please. Um, Sorry, just like double on turners. It's like carry on, carry on, yeah, Scottish rugby. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> cameo's not here. It's fine. We're a, ca- we're, we're a cameo on film. Um, so just <laughs> you quite like that, Johnny. Uh, so to be clear, I'm on the second option for the sponsor's product, at Edinburgh now. Yeah, I'm not doing uh, that. Uh, I, I do recommend that a wee um, dark fruits with uh, slice, slice of lemon and ice, by the way. But what I will say is, do not spill this on a light coloured couch. He said, <laughs> that is going it, does, to it does have a radioactive, po- it does have radioactive it does. purple about it, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, like, yeah, so I mean, it's as bad as you would think. That's all I'm saying. It's, uh, yeah, we've all been there. Uh, at least it's cold. I, I've chilled it for about a month. To make sure it was cold. So, um, but yeah, so let's move on to the last wee bit of news that's come out. And I think this is a great way to end the pod tonight uh, for, for the, the casual listener. We'll go on what to is that, that, um, that Jamie Hodgson and uh, Marshall Sykes have uh, extended their stay at Edinburgh? Have they? I had not come across that yet, Craig. Is that yes, the case? Yes, uh, that has that's that fabulous that has news. Considering you are all also... both and signed Sam Skinner this week. Yeah. Well, Sam Skinner's not a done deal yet. It's not confirmed yet. confirmed yet. No, it's not confirmed yeah. yet. Was that was that one of um, one of the pundits suggesting where people were going the same way that Stuart Hogg was going to both Racing and Glasgow at the same time? Um, I think that would be one behind a paywall. So. <laughs> 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 Yeah, let's 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 not uh, give them any more. Well, that that's really good news, actually, Craig. For like for you guys, uh, two very very promising uh, second rows. Who, um, yeah, with again the only consideration is game time. You know how how does that fit in when you've got King King Gilchrist? Well, the thing is, it, it, you know, and and this is no no disrespect to Ben Tullis because um, I know that oh, he's really really. Yeah, well, Ben's Ben is really he's really going through the mill at the moment, and he's really he's 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 dealing with a lot of a lot of injury issues, and and um you know you know a quick and swift recovery we we all wish him, but to be honest, I think he's I think that his time is up at Edinburgh, um and I think the so you know you bring in some you know. Now a Scotland international. Well, they're both Scotland internationals. Am I right? Both, both they both have caps yeah, now. Um, you know, you've got Grant Gilchrist there, who who is getting you know getting further, longer in the tooth. Who's a great uh, line operator. He can coach these guys into becoming just as good as him. And then you've got Sam Skinner if he gets signed um, coming up, um, who will be you know a really really good operator for 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 Edinburgh. Um, so. You know, I, I can see what's happening. I can see what they're doing. You know, yeah, it seemed to be building a strong, um, a strong basis for that again for that set piece. With um, the other side of the M8, Ian, with with Richie Gray starting to, well, I mean, he looked interested at the weekend, but there hasn't been a great amount of enthusiasm for rugby from Richie. It seems this season, um, with him getting quite old. Um, would you Sam Skinner going to Edinburgh seems a bit like SRU like to distribute the resources and obviously the players have a say in it, but that does seem like a Skinner seems like a Glasgow signing. Um, yeah, I suppose in terms of personnel, um, because we are a bit you know, we've even got Rob Harley's like 
third option at lock, and he's not a lock. Uh, Skinner is again one, another one of these hybrid sorts. Um, I don't know. Who else have we got? You just signed. You just signed a bloody great South African for next season. Oh, yeah, we have signed be... a six foot ten South African yeah. monster. Uh, yeah, that's true. So that, that's uh, but the Kieran McDonald uh, is in Louis there. Dean. Louis, Louis Dean. Dean. He's. I quite like him. He's all right. Like, he's a, like he's a workman like second row, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, an, honest, an honest job, but you're not going to see much excitement no. from him. He's just going to no. You're not going to get Nakarab offloads, are you? <sighs> But maybe this is a smokescreen, and you're going to see you're going to see Sam Skinner in a, in a Glasgow top. You never know. Maybe maybe it's maybe it is all. Um, maybe it's actually to so you get Skinner and we get Hogg and Russell back. Maybe that's what it's all about. Or the other way around, you get Skinner, or, or and we may, get, and we get maybe, Hogg. Yeah, can you? <laughs> well, we've got we've got 15s anyway, so we're not that bothered about. You've got one 15. We've got a couple of 15s, we've got Emelman as well, so... Uh... Ah, true, actually, yeah, yeah, you've got half yeah. a 10. Edinburgh getting Hogg to play at 10, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, I would absolutely, like, genuinely, I would pull up, I would, go, I would get an Edinburgh season ticket if that happened. I, I would just... actually, I would actually join some of the Glasgow forums to have a wee look to see what they've got to say for it if Hogg joined Edinburgh. I would that would be brilliant. I would put my feet up, like, in the, the, the goddamn stadium, I would put my feet up and just absolutely chortle all day if Hogg was playing 10 it would be magnificent <laughs> so but let's get to the most important news thank you for that little segue I was not aware of that news Craig so thank you that is actually You're really very welcome. Bit of business for you it's well done um, listen to me being all polite and stuff it's like yeah, and I try my best I, I was also involved in the signing as well it's true yeah it's good yes yeah yeah I've noticed yeah. sitting over there <laughs> I, I, I like to think that you and your, your you know, like twelve other fans do have a, like a real connection to the club and are part of all that. So I just, I you know, I like, I like to give you a shout out. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with good luck with Exeter this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> fine, they're all going to get rolled anyway. It'll be fine. Um, so Pete Horn, Pete Horn has retired, or is in the, oh. the midst of retiring. Um, this would be a stand-up on your chair moment, wouldn't it, John, if we didn't nearly kill ourselves last time? I mean, I've got a rotating chair, but I think I could probably get that chair over here in a sec. We'll get there in a second. But... So, uh, yeah, Pete Horn, um, the most capped back for Glasgow with 182 appearances. I was going to say, Craig, I, I could stand up because although I don't have my how top on, I do have my how bottoms on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a sec. We'll get, we'll get to the standing up in a second, boys. Just <laughs> try, to get, try to give the boy a bit of respect and use it all like, let's just stand up, get it over me. I'm not standing up for anyone. Like, Craig, you might need to like, get some prep on getting standing up, mate. You, you get started, we'll sort this right. All right, so 182 appearances for Glasgow, obviously won the Pro 12 in 2015. 43 caps for Scotland, um, played both 10 and 12. Um, interestingly, for Glasgow, played 10, 12, 13, and 15, uh, which the if anyone remembers his performance at 15, um, let, let's see. Yeah, make, makes Johnny McGinty look like a competent fullback. It was <laughs> utterly brutal. Uh, so the world class said. I know, sorry, mate. Sorry. I. You know, I, there's no other fullbacks here. Let's be honest. Right? So, <laughs> um, so no, I, I mean, an amazing career, and I think the biggest, the biggest tribute that had been paid to uh, Pete from certainly from the supporter base was there was a comment earlier on that said basically 
for a spell, Glasgow and Scotland played better with Pete Horn on the side. Uh, he made those guys, particularly at 12, he made guys around him look good. And he's he was a very, very clever rugby player, wonderful left foot on him, a great kicking option, great distributor. For uh, Before Finn Russell arrived, he was probably the best passer of a ball in Scottish rugby, uh, which um, is is no mean feat. And just just a great career. And I think, you know, we've, we've laughed and we've joked about him over the years as, you know, because of, because of his versatility, because he gets slotted in at 10 and we know, Ian, I'll come to you in a minute about your views of, uh, on Pete Horn, but he was always an emergency option at 10 and he, he done a job, but a great career uh, and certainly he'll be fondly, fondly remembered by the Glasgow uh, guys. He's off to coach at the Ayrshire Bulls or he has been coaching at the Ayrshire Bulls, and we continue with that. So, um, staying in Scottish rugby, George Horn was quoted as saying he's one of the keenest rugby minds you'll see, and is certainly going to look to be a coach, and maybe head coach of somewhere, so don't be surprised if he's winging his way to a, a Glasgow or Edinburgh at some point very soon. Ian, what one of the worst 10s for Glasgow ever, the way. Uh, well, I don't know, man. You've seen the the villains that's gallery. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Brandon that's Thompson. Like, um, I was going to say Brandon Thompson. They... What the hell? Yeah. Uh, I just think, like, whenever I've flagged him at tennis, because he was such a better twelve, like a top class. You know, th- there's a reason he got forty three Scotland caps. There's a reason why Finn Russell said that he's his favourite twelve to have because he's already, he's, you know, like you said, he's incredible game awareness. Um, you know, he he was he'd look up and give options. You very <laughs> for somebody who seemed to throw quite a few notable intercept passes. Thing was, he had that. You know, he was he had good awareness. I think maybe sometimes <laughs> he he just tried to be you know the Scottish ambitious way. Um, but like you said an excellent passer of the ball, um, and a tremendous work rate. You'd quite often see him uh, in the top tackler stats. And I remember. Uh, a game where I think he got pelters. Uh, it was when we were playing Fiji, and he he, he butchered a pass to Tommy Seymour, um, and people were giving him pelters for that. But then, like two minutes later, Sam and Radrada burst round outside Alex Dunbar, who chases back sixty meters to haul up the deck. Pete Horn, mm. you know that's that's the kind of thing you'd get from him, um, and he will. I think he will make an outstanding coach. Um, obviously, being at Bulls, uh, apparently he'd made the deal in March, but. Because uh, he, you know, he's, he still wanted to keep playing at the end. Well, keep playing for a while. Um, Pat MacArthur uh, stayed on as head coach, but I think he'll do. Uh, I think he'll end up having a, a really uh, fantastic, as you know, hopefully as good a coaching career as he did a playing career. Did you ever hear? Uh, you know, uh, Phil and Johnny. Yeah. You, your mates tribute, right? I, I, know, I know Phil and Johnny. Yeah. Uh, I think it was one of them said. I can never remember which one of them said when. You know, Dunbar was injured, then Bennett was injured. He said, we'll never win the Pro 12 with Pete Horn and Richie Vernon. And Richie Vernon at 12 at, and at That's right. And I think, it, I think it was Johnny said, if that happens, I will get a tattoo of your face on my calf. And he never did. <laughs> so well, let's, let's just call him it right here. Let's get that sorted. Um, Craig, I'll come to you next. So Pete Horn had his, had his detractors uh, in the Scottish, Scot- it wasn't. It wasn't the biggest man uh, to to certainly play rugby at twelve, particularly in the era he was playing in. But um, 
your your club that you both you and Johnny represent have got a lot to be proud of. Uh, and the words kind of fail me at this moment in time because he is. We are incredibly proud of him. And I, I, I'm not going to speak for Johnny because I think I, I think Johnny's got something to say on it. But um, you know, again, someone who gives back to the club um, that he came from, someone who. Um, you know, he's quoted in saying that he gets he's 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 been very blessed. He's get he's been able to play with his play his entire rugby career with his best friend and now with his his brother as well. Um he's I think he he may not have um been one of the forerunners, but in Scotland I feel he was one of the forerunners of having a second distributor. Um and 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 no longer it kind of showed that you don't have to have a massive twelve to burst through and smash people. You've got a second twelve, you know, a second distributor and a and a and a, a good ball handling and um, uh, smart twelve can get you a hell of a lot of uh, a lot of tries, a lot of um, uh, gain, yards gained, and I think. Um, he has done that, and I think I think he came at the right time for Tooney. Um, and 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 anybody who has that many caps for his club um, should be celebrated. Um, and any negativity um, that, that that has come along the way should be forgotten about because he's been an outstanding servant for uh, his family. Have been outstanding servants for Howard Fife, um, along with him and his brother. Um, he's been an outstanding servant for Glasgow, and he's with, you know, for, forty-three caps for Scotland. Forty-three um, for Scotland. Yep. You know, an outstanding Scotland player, um, and a, a very, very proud of him. Very, very proud of him. Yeah. No, I think here, here, here to that, Johnny, you'll get uh, the final word then on on George, yeah. uh, on uh, Pete Horn before we all stand up in our chairs and salute him. I think Craig's absolutely right. He's been a, he's a great servant. He's someone that. You, we see a lot of around the local area. He's always giving back to the club. And and he's that kind of person. That, and I think the thing that's always kind of got my goat about the detractors that he gets is because he's that kind of person, all the things, the negative things that people have ever said about Pete is because Glasgow or Scotland would be in a bind and say, Pete, can you do this? And Pete would say yes. So, like, if he's not the best 10 in the world... He's not a ten. He's a, he was a phenomenal twelve, and then and then the country or the club would be stuck and turn around and say, Pete, can you can you play ten? And he'd say, Yeah, of course, no problem. So for for people to then like start to give him pelters because he's not playing well at ten, it's like, well, okay, who else was going to do it? No one volunteered. We needed a ten, and he went to play ten, and that's and like that that's kind of you hear from around the club that's exactly what Pete's personality is like if you if if someone needs some him to do something then he'll do it and so it's always kind of annoyed me that people then turn around and go oh well, he was garbage it's like well okay nobody else has volunteered to do it and that Fiji game that Ian mentioned that always sticks in my memory as well because that was one of those games where you know when Pete was in at 12 you knew what you were getting yep. and you and and he was a phenomenal tackler that day. He stopped everything that came near him. And that's the sort of player that, that Scotland needed at that time, especially because I think he had Finn at 10 and, and Hugh Jones at 13. And so Pete was there to kind of be like, all right, I'll tackle this, I'll tackle that, I'll tackle this, I'll tackle that, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a couple of yards. I'll let these guys go on around me. And then, and then the other thing I think people kind of forget is that 
2019 sort of time, World Cup time, the, the warm-ups around that, when we had George coming off the bench, Pete became a real attacking threat playing beside George. Because mm-hmm. uh, they just kind of have this connection. They've they've got a move that, that they used to do loads. They did it against Wales and they did it against either France or Georgia, the chip over the back of the line-out. Yeah. You could see them... Yeah, you could see them do it. So, so George would just kind of look around at Pete, and then you saw it come. George would take off the top of the line out, take one step, and chip it over, and Pete was there every time. And that's the sort of thing that, like, you can't really replicate. And he would come. He came on for a sort of six month period at the end of twenty nineteen with George, and would and like he was he was great at that. And uh, yeah, I think he'll, he'll be missed a lot more than people realise. To be honest, funny. I was going to say one of, one of his best games at ten. I thought was um, playing against. Uh, playing with George against Munster, and they did that exact move. I think they yeah, had yeah, penalty advantage, yeah. and they did the chip over the top. Um, because they, I think those two, you know, Pete had his best games with George at uh, nine. Yeah. It's because you know they know how each, each other play, so it was you know that that wasn't the sort of uh, square and around hole. That was these two know each other inside out. It's like this, this worked perfectly. Um, but I sorry, but yes. And then, yeah, yeah, no, the thing is, so I, I remember I also remember um one of my favourite tries, in fact, he shut from that game hangs in the in the club, and it was uh it was the World Cup game against South Africa. Um and uh, and he picked basically picked and went, I think, over the front over the top of a a rock. Was that not, was that not Australia? Was, was it Australia? Australia? Was it Australia? Yeah, so, yeah um, that move that Scotland done at that time, Gordy yeah. Reid was very prolific at it as well, where he was sort of looked like he joined the ruck but hadn't bound, Aye, yeah. and they just go, and he scored a try from it. Yeah, it was such intelligence. He did that against you know, Wales as well. He mm. did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the main thing with Pete is that that people will not realise how much he's going to be missed until he's not there anymore. And certainly, uh, like having him not be in the Glasgow Warriors shirt this season, um, you know, you look back on these performances, and as you rightly say, you know, he, he won won the Pro Twelve, um, was just just phenomenal, um, phenomenal that season, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be missed. I'm going to get my chair, and we can. Right, I'll, <laughs> ah, that's a right, right two seconds. Ah. I'm waiting on this. Uh, I'm waiting on this fall in here. Yeah, oh, I'm oh, swapping oh. chairs. That's cheating. Oh, there you go. That's cheating. Oh, fuck. <laughs> my, my cord's kind of stuck. There we go. I'm just going to show my badge. I'm going to tell you what. I'll stand up because I've only got my bottoms on. Look, hang on. See <laughs> this is the ridiculousness of this there podcast. Oh, Captain, my <laughs> Captain. There we go. Yeah, thank you, Pete Horn, for all your service. Right, that is goodbye from the first part of the podcast. So, uh, thank you for joining us, guys. Uh, I'll let the guys say goodbye because apparently I should do that. Apparently, um, just paying for the Patreon does not mean that I don't give you the privilege of saying goodbye. So, uh, it's goodbye just now from myself and from Craig, Ian, and Bye. Bye. Ciao.